0: Horrorcast by darker days radio uh i'm your hostess sam and i'm here with chris hello and crystal hello
1: uh,
0: how are we all doing today
2: uh it is one year since i started posting memes about covid
1: uh yeah pretty much
2: <laughs> damn <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh i'm right there with you
2: it, that's a bit, I'm a bit of a strange feeling yeah uh, otherwise what have we done Painted painted a hallway black and put up horror m- horror movie posters.
0: Yep, looks great.
2: Looks fucking awesome. Um, done a lot of gaming. We did virtual horrorcon, which was horror gaming and how to get into the industry and stuff. That was really fun. Uh, we watched. We did how uh, Howard Ingham did his release of um, uh, it's cults and something. Yes, it's about cults. It's a follow up to it to, to Howard's book on um, on uh, <laughs> folk horror, and uh, Howard ran a, uh, a, a a party watch for um what was it the invitation? Which the is the Invitation's
0: awesome. a great movie. I love it.
2: Um, What other news can I think of that's interesting Or things we have been up to Uh, I died Well no I'm not technically I don't think I'm technically dead in Warhammer Fantasy roleplay yet But I'm out of it for now And start something new Um, What other movies have been good to watch Or or things that we are going to watch Is it The Terror that's on BBC right now Uh,
0: Yeah I'm really interested in Watching that so Jared Harris is in it Uh... Yeah Known from Mad Men and lots of other things. Yes. Um. Yeah, and it's sort of it's it's based on sort of historical fiction mm. uh, novel, so it's oh. kind of based on a real uh, journey that happened, but it's it's also got some fantasy elements. So they end up getting stalked by a monster, which sounds great.
2: And it obviously happens in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, in the Arctic. So it's very Punky horror, I guess. Yeah. That's which is relevant to you, Crystal and you've done <laughs> fast punk themed horror. Yup. Um,
1: um, I've been watching two sentence horror movie or two sentence, sentence horror stories, which is on Netflix. Okay. Um, and it I've is, it is fantastic. Um, so what they do is they take like a normal start of a sentence. Like the first sentence is always like a normal, like a cliche or something like that. And then they twist it so um hold on let me see if i can uh, yeah and so like the first one was my sister wants to talk she's been so angry since she died (laughs) so like it's and it's so fantastic um and it has an amazing cast and it has um uh like really good special effects and there aren't a lot of special effects
2: yeah.
1: so the ones it that they re- do have I- are really good
2: it reminds me of um an expansion for changing the loss which is called proverbial horrors was it *Change*? it's even it's chronicles of darkness definitely called proverbial horrors which is like you know where there's a saying but actually it could be some horror creature so which again kind of gets us Almost, I guess, kind of does get us to the topic because proverbs and and nursery rhymes can also have kind of creepy elements to them yeah. for children. What are we talking yeah. about, Sam? Uh,
0: well, uh, because everybody's kind of having a lot of anxiety at the moment, you know, whether that's to do with COVID still or anything else. Um, I thought the best thing to do would be to retreat into our childhood fears instead um, because we'll be safe in the knowledge that juvenile nightmares are largely irrational unlike the very real and immediate horrors that we face as adults Hmm. Uh, personally though I now have a better understanding of my own mental health it's difficult to make peace with Um, I definitely suffered anxiety when I was young but you can more easily wish it away because it manifests as say like a boogeyman or things like that Um, eventually you won't believe in it anymore and you kind of grow out of it so it's not quite as simple to dismiss a chemical imbalance in the brain but if we're talking about monsters you can just say that's not real Mm. and then ignore it um, so I guess we're going to talk about things that Plague us in the dark when we were children and reminisce about disturbing media that punctuated our youth. Uh, so do you guys want me to start?
2: I think it sounds like a fun topic.
0: Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, probably the first thing that I can remember is that I attended ballet lessons between the ages of two and seven and the class took place in the local Methodist church. Um, sounds creepy already, right? <laughs> It was a modern building but they had this closet in the hallway and inside the closet was a full size i believe to be plastic but i'm not sure medical skeleton right <laughs> now that i think back i think it may have been a real one it was very old like an antique um i don't know why it was in there the church also held a play group some days and some other things but we used to dare each other to open the closet and look at the skeleton I found it deeply terrifying and I hated to think about it just standing there in the dark you know just knowing that it was there um if you weren't careful it would fall out onto you as you open the closet um our dance teachers would scold everybody for being silly and screaming whenever we walk past the closet hmm. so uh that's probably one of the first ones for me um another thing in Manchester Arndale Centre which uh is still the big shopping mall where I grew up. Uh, They used to have a life-size Dalek. Uh, He was, you know, robotic. So he would move around and shout, exterminate, really loudly. I was about four at the time. And I had literally no idea what a Dalek was, who Doctor Who was, or anything. I'd never seen it. But I was petrified by this Dalek without context. So you'd have other kids being taken towards it and geeking out over it. I was crying and my mother could not walk me past it at all. (laughs) Um, Oh, no. Yeah. So I also had insomnia from a very young age. Uh, I never slept my whole life, basically. Uh, I don't know where I first heard about Dracula because vampires weren't a huge part of pop culture when I was born. So you had like Dracula and you had the Count from Sesame Street. That was about it. Maybe Count Dracula as well.
2: Oh, Count Docula. <laughs> um,
0: I must have come across Bella Lugosi somehow because I had a phase of nightmares about Dracula. So I didn't really understand what he did or what he was. I just thought he'd come and get me. Um, I would lie awake every night and hide under my covers so he wouldn't see me. I must have gotten over it at some point because there's a photo of me with vampire face paint when I was seven. Um, you want me to continue with stories, or would you like to interject?
2: I think what, well, yeah. Um, so yeah, Crystal. Yeah. Any similar things?
1: <laughs> okay, so I have been since we have just started discussing this. I have been racking my brain because I remember as a child being scared of certain things, but not to the point of like memories or continued terror. Like I. Um, I know my sister was like terrified of the movie it and anything to do with it or child's play. Um, but I never felt like those type of fears. I do remember, and I still kind of have this today where I don't like dark basements. Um, I get, I get creeped out and I start feeling like, um, adrenaline and stuff like that, like pumping through me (laughs) whenever I'm in them. And, um, unlike my childhood i was not afraid of spiders as a child but i had a content warning i had an experience with a spider when i was in high school um that uh caused me to have this terror of spiders so i have a fear of spiders now that i didn't have when i was younger and Mm. i try. i've been trying so hard to figure out something like that i was actually terrified of and i can only think of one thing and that was the feeling of being scared Hmm. that like the the concept of it and the feeling of it was actually what i was afraid of it was that like fear of anxiety yeah i realized that a
0: lot because i i have anxiety myself so that's actually my fear now is the fear of being afraid
1: yeah like has like I, I remember being, I, I went to a Catholic school, a Catholic elementary school, and after school, we would go to the church basement where we would have like after school care until our parents were able to pick us up. And I remember playing things like Bloody Mary um, as like a third grader in, the, in the, the bathroom of this place. And I remember being scared, but not of Bloody Mary, like thinking Bloody Mary was going to come, but more of like the anxiety of... What might happen, yeah, because it kind of gives you an adrenaline rush, yeah, and I think that it's the adrenaline rush that actually terrifies me more than the actual concept of something, mm. yeah. We, we so, started, yeah, been, uh, like, doing... trying to wrap my brain around
0: that. yeah. We started, sorry, um, doing. You know, Bloody Mary, white lady stuff, candyman, uh, when I was about ten. um, and that was in the the school bathroom. And, you know, I don't know if any of us believed that it would happen, but it was it was more like, you know, We'd turn the lights out and we'd all do it. And then someone inevitably would go, like, rah, like, Mm. you know, or or the boys would hear us do it outside the girls' bathroom and they would knock on the door and we'd all scream and stuff. So, kind of like uh, a little ritual, like, you know, everyone was kind of having fun. Everyone was sort of in on the joke, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. My childhood fears. I think, are rooted initially in, A, the house I grew up in was quite, is, you know, is old, because it's like, what, Georgian? No, no, it's Edwardian, isn't it?
0: Um, it's Victorian. It's Victorian Edward. Late yeah.
2: Victorian. Yeah, so it had some bits of upkeep that needed to be done, so it wasn't great. And if it was a particularly windy night, it would mean the the, the hatch to the attic would have been slid away, which is really disconcerting when that's literally, you have to literally go past that to get to your bedroom.
0: That wasn't the wind, Chris
2: yeah um (laughs) that
0: was a demon
2: equally the basement was again also quite creepy dark and old and had things from previous generations there and i think it was literally like the the basement area under the living room was like i guess the walls were kind of pitch black because it used to be where they would have had all the coal Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. that wasn't great um I would say I definitely had a fear because of of the hatch thing that made me creep out and I think mostly because of other things like film like I I clearly I distinctly remember being far too young mostly having gone downstairs and caught the face hugger section uh out of alien. And that obviously oh. burned itself into my brain. And so uh that's why then I guess I had a fear of aliens, not aliens, well, aliens and alien in a kind of in a in a way. And I think that's you know, alien abductions kind of like creepy. I,
0: I was scared of aliens, um, like little green men, in yeah. the sense of um, I was actually scared of ET when I was very young. <laughs> Um I just went through this phase it must have been only for like a month and it was just very strange like but but I love ET now I just you know I think I enjoyed it when I first saw it, and then I started to kind of overthink it. I yeah. thought it was quite frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I feel I feel kind of the odd one out now because I, I have some very specific fears that I remember.
2: Um, I'm trying to think of other specific things. Um, not really. Um, I think that's about it.
0: Maybe you just blanked them out because they were that terrifying. Well, but that
2: leads you. But that's a really good point about blanking it out because I think there's childhood fears have two. There's two components to our memory of childhood fears, and I think that's why it's like adults trying to remember them. It creeps you out. A is because you partially remember stuff, and that's you partially remember how you felt about it, and that's you trying to process it, and then you remember how you felt thinking about it and that creeps you out but then also it's that kind of very primal fear of someone's going to take you away from your parents or mm-hmm. or something like that uh and that's why then that relates to like kind of scar folk and that kind of 70s kind of like oh that was creepy yeah on I'll, tv i'll, I'll because, talk
0: about that a bit yeah because it's like yeah. again
2: because you you don't have a record, but you knew you saw it because they didn't record TV in the same way back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. so when you when you said that you accidentally saw Alien, yeah. Um, how old were you?
2: Right. So Alien came out in nineteen seventy-nine. I was born in nineteen eighty-three. Now consider this as the eighties and how long it would have taken films to get onto like, you know, mainstream television, on a on a major TV channel in the British Isles back then when there was likely, what, four channels? Maybe they'd only just become four channels. it will have to be, like, 1980... Oh, it's going to be 87, 88, I imagine. That's pretty bad. It's bad when you consider the imagery and symbolism in alien facehuggers, facehugger eggs. It's all just like, oh, no!
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, I... (laughs) never saw movies like that as a child because my mum hates horror movies and you know she wouldn't have anything of that sort in the house you know she's not like religious or anything she's just really easily scared um which I find funny nowadays because she'll watch a lot of these Scandi murder shows where there's like incest and paedophilia and all sorts of horrible things. Made up horror versus something that could be
2: very, very bloody real.
0: Yeah. So um, but yeah, she never sort of entertained that kind of thing. So if I was, you know, exposed to these other things, then it would have been through my friend's You know, I I didn't go around to people's houses and watch certain things. Uh, But one interesting one is actually Jurassic Park, which now I do actually love. uh, But when it came out, I was quite afraid of it, um, even though I didn't see it in the cinema. So um, at school, at primary school, we had swimming lessons once a week and we had to get a coach from the school to the swimming baths. Uh, The journey took half an hour, so I'd sit with my best friend and we'd talk about stuff we'd done at the weekend. So we're about, you know, seven at the time. Um, One time she'd been to see Jurassic Park at the cinema. Uh, It sounded a bit scary to me. Uh, My mother would not have taken me to see it. Uh, So my friend explained the movie in minute detail, half on the way to the swimming baths and half on the way back. Um, So her description of the raptors in the kitchen really stuck in my imagination. And a year or so later, she actually got the VHS and we watched the film at her house. I had to go home before the end. So she gave me the video to borrow. I watched the kitchen scene alone by myself at home and I was sat on the floor absolutely paralyzed with fear. I later had really vivid dreams about raptors for years, honestly. I was a teenager by the time I actually enjoyed Jurassic Park so I'm a huge fan now. but I, I had really vivid dreams about, you know, ra- raptors uh, pouncing on me and, like, biting me and, mm. yeah, mauling me to death. Yeah.
1: I, so my mom actually had the same thing where, like, she didn't really care for horror movies um, unless they were, like, real life murder mystery type of things. Like, for some reason, you know, have any, any little fantasy or supernatural, and nope, she doesn't want anything to do with it, but... If it's based on a true story, she's all over it. Hmm. And even like, even growing up, that was a thing. And I think like, I keep thinking back because my sister and I both absolutely love horror movies now. And when we were growing up, we didn't. And I'm like, I'm almost like, was it because my mom kept saying that she didn't like it? So we just kind of took on that mentality of, oh, well, we probably won't like it either. (laughs) So like this, this whole thing, has me guessing and trying to figure out like what was my childhood you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, for
0: me it was definitely like that my mum um it's not like she would ban these things but because she wasn't interested i thought oh mum says that would be really scary so i probably won't watch it and you know because i had insomnia anyway it's, you know, I didn't want anything that would stop me going to sleep. So um, it was kind of this fear of the unknown, which is probably why you know, I was such a scaredy cat when I was a child because it was this mystery. And if I'd actually been allowed to read some things or watch some things, I might not have been quite as afraid, although I do think I was quite young for a lot of things.
2: I blame my sister. She she rent, she <laughs> she got my parents to rent horror movies and she's four years older than me. So she's to blame for most <laughs> things. I turned out as a as a fine, well rounded individual.
0: <laughs> did did your parents I... watch with you? Uh, yes. Today.
2: Most okay. of them. It, yeah, if not all of them, yes. Um distinctly because <laughs> so, even, so even 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 because ignorance. even because my mother would joke about one in particular called demonic toys, which is both equally creepy, but at the same time, it's just fucking ridiculous. And so it's actually kind of it's it's borderline cartoonish in its horror because it has it has one thing though which is kind of terrifying, which is a demonic jack in the box, which is just like uh... <laughs>
0: Well, for me, like, in in the HMV in Manchester, in the flagship store, um, in the 90s and 2000s, they used to have a horror section, and it was all videos, so they had this incredible artwork, you know, that you'd have on 80s and 90s videos for horror. Um, by the time I was about 10, I was reading the back of each one, so mm-hmm. I was reading all the blurbs and freaking myself out Uh, with every synopsis so the ones that really stick with me are a child's play and the dentist for some reason it had this this really like frightening artwork like very graphic artwork on the front um my mother did not know why I knew about all these awful films (laughs) you know like where I was getting it from um it's just because I used to spend an hour in HMV looking at them so I didn't start watching proper horror movies until my mid-teens uh before that it was just classics Um, You know, I was staying over at my father's flat one night. I woke up after watching videos that were not horror movies. Um, He was asleep, my brother was asleep, and Hammer Studios' Twins of Evil was on TV, which didn't scare me at all. Uh, So that was the first time I'd seen Peter Cushing in anything. Everything about it was completely fascinating to me. That's when I started being interested in Halloween, watching episodes of Eerie Indiana, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm.
2: Things like
0: that. So more age-appropriate horror.
2: Age-appropriate horror.
1: <laughs> I um... not,
2: I was going to say, not, not, not age-appropriate kids shows, which, when you look at it, are horrific.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
2: I will get that, yeah.
1: So, so my mom didn't like outright like ban horror horror at all or anything like that either. She just didn't care. Like on family movie nights, she's like, ah, "I'm not interested in watching that." So we just wouldn't get it. But my parents had no problem with me reading horror stories, hmm. and so I grew up like I remember very distinctly in like early middle school, reading scary stories to tell in the dark, Hmm. (laughs) which if you are, if you're at all familiar with that, that, um, uh, book series is, is not kid friendly horror. No, (laughs) it's actually pretty terrifying horror. And the art on there is extremely graphic. Um, it's still one of my favorite book series as an adult. Um, but it, you know, like that and goosebumps, which is also kind of appropriate, but not at the same time. If you actually look at like some of the Goosebumps stories, you're like, no, that's actually really terrifying.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to talk about Goosebumps. Um, So yeah, like my mom had no
1: problem with me reading those. Nice.
0: (laughs) But like uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. So um, I actually had to look this up when the recent movie came out because we didn't have those books here at all like solely an American thing. We had goosebumps and stuff, but we didn't have scary, you know, I would not have been able to cope with that. Um, I would say maybe, Mills? Nine to, to Save. yeah, for real. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Uh, with goosebumps. Um. So I desperately wanted to read the goosebumps books. I was always a bookworm, but my um, she was right. Obviously I finally got hold of two goosebumps books uh, and he'd, uh, you know, he'd read and stuff, so you know, you know, they had that kind of 3D yep. effect on it with the bubbles and everything, yeah. So I could not stop thinking about it. I gave the few, like, I
2: don't know, like, I didn't read Goosebumps or anything like that. I think I was just too primed on like a horror movies at too early an age, and then and uh... Uh, and then that was around about the time when Channel Four had their anime season, so I watched uh, like *I, *MacGyver*, which is again it's just like ridiculous, like bio horror. So there's a theme coming on here. Look, bio horror, bio horror, and *Alien* when you're far too young, bio horror. Um, so that might explain my like I think what I find most horrific. And this is coming from a guy that that collects *Kingdom Death* for Christ's sake. So um, let's let's put that into context. Um yeah, but actual scary things on like TV shows, like other things. Um, Tales of the Unexpected's intro sequence is terrifying when you're about I don't know five. If I've ever seen that. Oh, oh, oh boy.
0: It's really great. It's, well, they're written by Roald Dahl, who
2: a great is, a, is a
0: problem, but they're amazing.
2: Yeah. It's it's like basically the intro sequence has this kind of music that sounds like a carousel almost. It's kind of got that kind of up and that kind of cyclic kind of ennui kind of feeling to it. But then it's got all the imagery is of like death and luck and chance. You've got like skulls with flames behind the eyes, pistols and cards. And then you've also got this like um, silhouette of this dancing woman. And this was shown around around about, like, what, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon on, like, daytime TV? Huh. And you're just like, what the hell are they showing this on? Like, it <laughs> was just bizarre. And it just kind of gets in your head. And it's it's little things like that, because that's the same thing, like, why certain TV adverts are terrifying when you go back to looking at stuff on British TV, like, put a grid on it, is the classic, or, 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 or the Spirit of Dark Water is yeah, the, the I, renowned yeah. one. Um, I f- I think I find those more scary, but I think that's because they're more primal in their nature.
0: When when I was getting into my teenage years, you know, you move on from say Goosebumps books to reading point horror, which were a bit more grown up,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and had
0: like romance elements in them sometimes and things like that. They had really good art on the front as well. Um, I was reading you know more classic horror things when I was a teenager, so I read The Doll's House by M.R. James mm. and. That made me absolutely certain that my doll's house dolls were living a secret life when I tried to sleep. <laughs> I was terrified that I would see things moved around inside the house or the light switched on when I hadn't touched it. So I've had this like love-hate relationship with dolls that's been like pervasive throughout my life. I like them, but I don't trust them. Hmm. So um, I'd go through phases when I wasn't bothered, but then I'd hear or read something which scared me all over again. So a school friend told me the plot to the film Dolly Dearest, okay, Um, so I tried to work out which one of my dolls would try and kill me first. So Dolly Dearest is like, um, uh, it's uh, as I remember, it's a guy who runs a doll factory and he gives one of the dolls to his daughter. But the doll's, like, defective. It's, like, you know, possessed or whatever. And it kills the babysitter. And yeah. stuffs her into a freezer. Things like that. It's quite an old movie. Um, Yeah, I also read teen magazines, like, in the UK, Shout Magazine, which often included spooky real-life stories. Now, th- this is just a thing that you need to know about, like, teenage girls and... Things like ghosts and witchcraft And things, you know that's, that's that's just how it is, you know If you're a teenage girl and you're reading things It's like, oh, do this spell at the sleepover To find out your true love's name And all this kind of mystical shit, so that, that's just how it is sometimes.
2: Clearly, um, clearly teen, teen girl magazines are the work of the Illuminati, though. Yeah,
0: honestly. Anyway. Written by
2: lizards, <laughs> are they?
0: So, sometimes you get a whole book of these real-life stories as a freebie, usually for the Halloween special of the magazine, oh. which encourage reading the stories to each other at your sleepover. A lot of them feature dolls. So, I remember also quite a specific issue on the problem pages in a normal issue of Shout Magazine. And a girl had written saying a friend had told her about killer dolls with three fingers who murder you in the dark. (laughs) And she was having trouble sleeping because of it. Of course, the agony aunt responded that this was not a rational fear. (laughs) And I was just here thinking, wait, killer dolls with three fingers? I have to worry about this now?
2: That's the fate. It's the fate. So...
0: You know Yeah, that's
1: totally fair.
0: whether fay. they they should have published that i don't know because it it made people like me think about this but it's like i was just blissfully going along with my life not thinking about killer dolls with three fingers and then they put it into my head i've
2: i've got a question cuz obviously other like memories of like you know fears of like one particular I, I don't know why i now think of this it's like you know the whole oh alien abduction i remember one nightmare being like being driven back from my grandparents which who live out in the middle of no in the relative middle of nowhere, as middle of nowhere can be in the UK. And so how do you think, I think Crystal, this is a good question to you, actually. Do you do you feel like where you grew up and like possibly how rural or in the sticks it was or not influenced kind of like kind of childhood fears or phobias?
1: Or um, I'm going to say yes or no. I think it kind of fed more of the fear of anxiety because... Mm. So in Wisconsin, um, the northern part of Wisconsin is mostly woodland and my family has property up there. So every single summer we would spend the summer, almost the entire summer up there with my grandparents who were retired at the time. And there are things like Bear that come wandering right up to your patio door and look into the window. and packs of wolves that howl at night that, if you're not careful, will eat your dog. And um, that's also um, the like the area of Wisconsin where like the Hodag, has been spotted, which is a cryptid in Wisconsin. Um, there's also tales, um, and I've heard this way before. I even knew the name of it was the Wendigo. Where if you ever hear someone screaming in the woods, do not go looking for them unless they are calling, or unless you're with a group of people. So, like stuff like that, I think kind of morphed the anxiety that I'm that I felt for the fear because knowing this stuff happens and like being around it you're kind of like okay I know how to deal with this you know is that a bear or is it something else that I have to worry about and you kind of start checking off in your head what it is so I don't think it really fed into anything I think it more like made my b- brain process things logically in like a checklist order of okay is it this nope is it this nope is it this nope oh it might be this you know <laughs>
0: Well, I think as, you know, being from the UK, um, the you know, the wilderness uh, that you have in the US is really different to the quote unquote wilderness that you have in the UK because there are less places where you're really not near any civilization. You'd have to be like in you know, Scotland. You, yeah, you'd have to be somewhere in Scotland. Or Wales. Um, and even then it's not as big. The, you know, the expanse of wilderness is just crazy in the US and you have the, you know, the mountains and the woodland and all sorts of things and then you know we don't really have the the same wildlife that you do so it's really funny that you know you talk about scary noises in the wilderness and then the non scary answer is that it's a bear <laughs> because to us that would be a very scary answer or oh it's
1: just a pack of wolves yeah because we don't have those anymore in the uk i so, i, I um, will say that bear. yeah like one of the things so coyotes the sound of them do scare me. And that's because I heard them and seen them take down an entire deer. Um, So like actual living things I am scared of. Coyotes are terrifying when they're hungry. Uh, Wolves would be the same thing for me. They are terrifying if they are hungry, they'll come around people. Um, So yeah, but like if I, if I know what I'm dealing with, I'm like, okay, well, they don't like loud noises or like, you know, bear, depending on what color it is. Well, you can climb a tree or you're going to play dead. One of the two. Like <laughs> So and um, in northern Wisconsin, like where where my family goes up to, there are no city lights. The closest city is about an hour away. And so you see like on a, on a dark night, if there is no full moon, it is dark. So it is really hard to see at night. So you learn pretty quickly to try and distinguish sounds.
2: It's pretty much go down to logston There's actually people that live within about ten minutes' walk. Yeah. Like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what's really interesting is that you know, you know, obviously, it like in Wisconsin, if there if there was something, you know, more supernatural or demonic out there, and you heard a noise, you wouldn't go out anyway because you think it was a bear or some coyotes. Whereas here, maybe it's more dangerous because we can hear creepy noises sometimes that are like foxes mating or something, or, you know, a fox in heat, you know, a vixen in heat, which is this horrible screeching noise. And it's really demonic and scary. And But you just think, oh, it's nothing. It's just a fox out there. And you'd go out anyway and you'd put yourself in danger because you'd be like, nothing out there can hurt me.
2: Is that why, is that possibly why... You know, British. You've got folk horror, but then also you've got urban weird, which is like kind of like because folk horror is about like the fear of exposure, really. You know, like you're out in the countryside and you've got nowhere to go, and you, it's all it's around you, the the wilderness. But urban weird's like the fear of exposure, like in urban spaces. And I think that's one of the creepy things is like where where you do get that kind of overlap because we're not. I think it's interesting where you can be programmed one way or or another like oh it's the wilderness I know what's going on it's either this 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 or this and either all of those are are things to tackle but they can be tackled and if you live in a city it's either this 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 or this they're all bad because it's either crime crime another crime or drunkards if it's like the the like in between can't I don't think I don't think I'll, I think our lizard brains depending upon where we've been brought up have trouble like working out what it is which leads you to make stupid stupid decisions like yep. oh what's that scream either it's a person or it's a fox that it feels there's a disc there's a dissonance
0: well yeah because if you've got like suburban horror yeah, also in places in the US where you would not get bears or anything they'd be like well, that's not a bear because you wouldn't get a bear here yeah But it could be someone in danger. But would that also put me in danger?
1: You know, I I would have to say if I were to go wandering out in the wilderness out by you, I would probably die from something (laughs) (laughs) because I'd be like, I don't know what that sound is. I'm going to go investigate because I know what all the sounds are in my house, you know, in my area. So I should know what this sound is, too. And this isn't a sound I'm used to.
2: Oh, it was really weird when we were living in Germany because I was like this, because um... where we were living it, with Bochum, it was you know, obviously urban, but there were like just really deep patches of like woods and oh, stuff. Yeah. And walking through this path, which was basically a whole big chunk of like, just, just a bit of just a chunk of trees, but it was so dark, just trying to get to the shops. And you're just like, why am I scared going through here? And it just felt like a, a route through a dark little grove it was well weird i
0: think we were scared because here in the uk there's a lot more person-on-person crime and mm. people would mug you whereas in germany at least in that area you wouldn't really get that
2: so again it's like we've been programmed to yeah things. because
0: i was like how could people not be, be afraid
2: I guess that's, that gets to the point of childhood fears and stuff is about what your lizard brain is programmed to interpret. And then also what you get primed to interpret based upon like the media you're exposed to, um, like, the, uh, like the spirit of dark water.
0: Yeah. Um...
2: I love him. He's 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 a hero of mine. He inspires all my writing.
1: Yeah, because he's you know. Yeah, we talk about this a
2: okay.
1: lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm they think... sent me some of the videos of it, and I was like, I'm watching. I'm like, this is just weird. Like for for Americans, oh. we didn't have anything like that at all.
2: A weird puppet shows. So. The, the, the classics that I would say are creepy are, like, what is it? It's um, the Riddlers. Yeah. They're just these really ugly, almost goblinoid kind of, like, uh, puppets that are in this faux kind of... They're meant to be in, like, a Victorian kind of setting doing everyday stuff with a bit of fame magic mixed in. Oh and yeah, because relevance
0: wearing a little waistcoat. It's all he? just
2: warning signs to me. <laughs> and then um the other one is um uh, Pipkin, which had uh, what's the name of the rat? Yeah, but
0: surely of... you don't remember Pipkin. No, writing, I, I watched. We, we've well, I watched seen, reruns. We've that's seen different. Reruns of things that that first ran in the seventies, but yeah. then they didn't have anything else to show in the nineties. So we were watching stuff that our parents were afraid of. Or sometimes our parents would go, "Oh, that's lovely, lovely, lovely Pipkin," and we're like, "Ah!"
2: This this <laughs> mangy rabbit, bloody puppet yes. is. <laughs> that has this yes what's going on you're like that is not a friendly voice that's the voice of 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 a fey terror um
0: you said nosy bonk
2: nosy bonk is like one that i never experienced but like we can thank oh you for that one like what the fuck is that about
1: yeah that one's just weird so that's, that,
2: that's mimes and masks being oh scary God.
0: yeah and, did you guys um, ever,
1: did you guys ever play like Ghost in the Graveyard growing up? Um, what's that? <laughs> okay. I was not sure <laughs> if it was a universal thing or not. Okay. So, and this probably is why, like, oh, uh, why, like, if I'm in a dark basement, I, I'm scared. But if I'm outside in the dark, I'm not scared. And that's because I like, when I grew up, we played Ghost in the Graveyard up, up in Northern Wisconsin, where it was a pitch black at night where you couldn't see. And basically what it is, is that one kid would close their eyes and count to 12. And there's like a rhythm that you do because you're counting down the clock. And at midnight, you shout out, midnight, hope to see a ghost tonight. And you, um, the one kid goes out and hides and then everyone else goes to try to find the ghost. And when you find the ghost, you shout ghost in the graveyard and the ghost is supposed to go tag somebody and then they're the next person to go hide
2: right
0: that sounds like tempting fate to me
2: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah oh wow so yeah Uh, we used to
1: play that like we used to play it all the time every every single night over the summer um growing up until like i even played it in high school i remember playing
2: yeah, that's that's a that's a creepy one.
0: Well, I think a lot of the <laughs> you know, British like games that you, playground games were inherently creepy. They'd have rhymes to them or you'd have like blind man's buff which was quite weird. Yeah. Just just normal ones really.
1: Mm. And then other
0: things you'd have which were clearly, you know, very pagan like, you know, maypole dancing all that sort of thing.
2: This actually brings up an interesting point like obviously how much these things handed down through the generations like it's is again it's like programming you to kind of like be aware or or like you know is awareness of things and i think that's always been in like especially like with certain rhyme nursery rhymes and so forth but like do we like what's going on with kids now because like is media thought... less scary for kids uh, it's like so what, what the I say students that? yeah go on sorry Oh, I'm
1: sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, you go go on. You might say something interesting.
1: So the students that I'm teaching currently are in middle school, and they a lot of them are playing ghosts in the graveyard, and a lot of them are still reading goosebumps. Um, I have one of them that's reading scary stories to tell in the dark, and I did not tell them to do that. I'm fairly certain it was their parents that did. Um wow. <laughs> so like a lot of them are not actually underexposed to a lot of the media like that we were exposed to they're doing the same things um but i'm wondering if maybe because of the awareness of mental health and like support and trying to process and helping coach kids through processing feelings that they're actually coping with it better than we did
2: yeah and that's that's interesting so they're still picking up like the what would now be considered the classics So, you know, it's, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, is it more modern media, like, that's being made after our generation with kids that are now, there's less of that content in there due to whatever, I don't know, because I don't feel Disney films are the same as when they actually, like, you know, oh yeah get down and dirty with it right at the end, and by that I mean, like, really face the terror and do something, it's,
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that actually with um, Snow White was one thing that scared me quite a bit Um, because, you know, so you know the the witch when there's the the transformation scene Mm. when she turns into the old hag, Mm. like that's really psychedelic and like trippy and strange. And that was like quite groundbreaking for the time. And also, you know, sort of her death at the end, you know, because you don't really see it because, you know, she falls off the cliff, but the the vultures... been watching Mm. her, they circle and then they go after her and I just couldn't stop thinking about that. Quite scared of vultures actually.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't I don't think you'd get that in a modern Disney film.
0: Well yeah, I mean um it's interesting because in most Disney films, even back then, you would have the villain fall to their death by accident. So that's to that's to absolve the hero or whatever Mm. of killing somebody. Um, yep,
1: the, there's a rule for Disney where the any yeah. death occur off scene and the hero can't be the one that deals it.
0: I think the only one that I know of is in Sleeping Beauty because he does actually stab the dragon.
2: But that's because she's a dragon at that moment. She is
0: a dragon, yeah, she's not a person. Yeah. Mm,
2: yeah. Interesting.
0: Um. Yeah, so I'm um, trying to think of some of the other media that I was going to talk about. Um, I was going to talk about, Um. you know, when you're talking about puppets I was going to mention Rosie and Jim because <laughs> this is a British show, and they're they're just they're a pair of puppets that live on a canal boat and go on little adventures, and um, which sounds really nice. But I read this like hilarious synopsis in an article, and I can't remember what it said now. But it was just really angry about how creepy it was. Like, why, why would you do this? It's
2: like um, it's like it's along the same lines of like what howard wrote about Bagpus. it's mm. like Bagpus, the way he the way that sorry the way that howard wrote it um howard wrote that Bagpus was essentially like an old god being woken up by offerings by this child and it was just like it's nuts but it's beautiful in its interpretation of Bagpus um as almost I an eldritch it. <laughs> creature it's so it was so crazy to read but brilliant um oh um oh yes yeah. Yes. So I just looked at Sam's Sam's notes, and all of these are up there.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you hate Five Children and It.
2: I f- fucking hate. The because the, the one that was sand on, fairy Yeah,
0: the, the, sand, the sand fairy is really scary.
2: So we're talking about the BBC series from yeah. like way back when, like over 20 years ago now mm-hmm. um, oh. compared to the new CGI one which is four children, which is a, technically a sequel, because it's written by the same person anyway.
0: Um, it's, it's a
2: sequel. It is a sequel.
0: It's written by Jacqueline Wilson.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's a sequel.
0: Yeah, but it's not written by the same person. Is it not? Oh, well, no, either way. it's a really old book.
2: Okay, yeah. well, either way, I hate the Sand Fairy, it's just, again, a very ugly, bay-like creature. It's a goblin. It looked like it was, basically the way it, it granted wishes, it looked like it was passing wind at the same time. Everything was just wrong. Um, but the next one on the list is pretty great.
0: Well, I was going to say The Ink Thief because it's really, really weird. It's um a genuinely strange, bizarre, ITV children's series. Um, It's from 1994, and it has Richard O'Brien as a villain Mm. who steals the power of imagination by sucking the ink out of books. Um, I remember that one. Yes, it also has... A bunch of strange goblin puppet creatures in it and it has songs, so it's musical as well. I oh, know, I'm
2: beginning to remember it. I have but, to look up some Tyler video Wilcox of it. Is in it. Oh <laughs> yeah, well Richard O'Brien's got the same energy as um the guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the child snatcher. Yeah. Which leads you to the which immediately leads you down to another British TV, uh British advert, which is the Judder Man, which sca- which is renowned, renowned for scaring the pants off kids back. Then. I think
0: we've spoken about this on on Darker Days Radio before. Yeah, the
2: be. a classic. Look him up. Yeah. I model myself on him. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I am so, gonna have to look him yeah. up.
0: Yeah, um so Tales from the Crypt, you know, the the series. Like so oh, like, I love that series. The Crypt Keeper scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like I don't know why. Uh yeah. You know, I know he's really funny and everything. Oh, he's a classic. Um, I was gonna talk about the bit in Willow where they get turned into pigs. I can't watch that movie. <laughs> it's horrible.
2: It is. It's it is awful.
0: Body horror. It's terrifying.
2: It's again. I think it's that's related to i'm sure there's some other other films that kind of attach on it but again it's the idea of kids i think also why kids find it scary it's like being changed from being recognizable as you are to your parents is a is profoundly horrifying yeah i would so... have to agree <laughs> It's just like I... that removal of your identity. I think, especially when mm-hmm. you're forming your identity. Like, I think right now, as adults, you'd be like, "Oh, I can be, I could be someone else." Isn't so terrifying as a kid? Like, we can change you from you wouldn't even be you. Yeah, pigmen are also terrifying. I find I don't know why pigmen are terrifying. I think it's because it's because pigs eat everything, and you only have to take that and then anthropomorphize it. And then you're into a whole like world of just like no. Then that also anthropomorphism scary because we watched new um,
1: witches.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say about that.
2: (laughs)
1: Getting
0: turned into. Uh,
1: I haven't seen that one yet. Um, It's
0: it's good. It's it's a bit thin on the storyline side. That you know it's interesting because. I thought they would have added more elements from the book and they actually took them away and it was quite short and, you know, narrowed down a little bit. So I found that a bit disappointing. Um, It's interesting because, you know some of the direction that they did with, with, you know, how the witches looked and stuff, like, I thought it was scary but not necessarily scarier than the original movie mm. or your imagination when you read the book, because I read the book in primary school and, you know, it did actually make you kind of worry about perfectly nice women and you know, in a way that, in a misogynistic kind of way that Roald Dahl intended for you to, to worry yeah. about perfectly nice women who were wearing gloves Uh, Which was really quite unusual to wear gloves. So, if you did see a a, a woman wearing gloves in the 90s, he wasn't coding for
2: anything, was he?
0: um, Yes, he definitely was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so um, like I remember that sort of making me a little bit paranoid when I was young. And one of the things I think was really missing from the new film. Is, you know, um it's different because they they change, you know, you know, where some of it's set. So I think it's um, Alabama, mm. where you know it starts in and things like that. Um they do mention some connections to Norway yeah. as well as where the witches come from. But um uh one of the main things that's really frightening in the book, and I actually had a discussion about this recently with some fellow goths on Instagram. Uh, Because someone, I I think they had put up a picture of a painting that for some reason reminded everybody of this painting that's featured in the book, The Witches. And um, everyone was like, oh, um, uh, I think uh, the little girl's name is uh, Solvig or Solvig. And and everyone was just saying, you're Solvig, the little girl. So this is, um, it's like, I think that it's meant to be an oil painting of a farmhouse and there's a river and things, there's ducks. And what the witch did to this little girl uh, was magic her to be in the painting forever. So she was stuck in the painting forever. And the horrifying thing about it was that she would age within the painting so you saw her become like a young woman, and then an old woman, and then eventually she just disappeared from the painting. Uh. So she spent her whole life stuck in this painting because she'd eaten like a, a poisoned apple or something. Grim. And I thought that was so frightening that you know I thought about that a lot. So I was disappointed that that was missing. But yeah, the the whole transformation aspect with you know turning into mice and things, I thought that was like pretty scary.
2: And the, in the original film, in the in the film original version of the film, they had. The witch's transformation was a lot more human, ratish. Oh, yeah. Process, which is also, I mean, again, go with the anthropomorphic thing. There are other anthropomorphic elements, which if you see as kids, I, I, I deeply just like, like Skeksies. Nah. Oh, I hate them. They can get in the bin. <laughs> I mean, I like them, but I hate them. Um, And uh, is it Company of Wolves? Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's a disturbing that's actually my favorite werewolf transformation. There is It's
0: a very good one when it through the mouth. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's wrong. That's just wrong on so many levels. Um
0: Well, I also the Dark Crystal, I was very afraid of it as a child and it still kind of gives me an uneasy feeling. Mm. Um so I haven't watched the new one because I know I'll be quite afraid. So um yeah, I just there was something really that, that kind of hit me really hard with it. You know, because, um, sorry, Kira, she gets she gets stabbed yeah. with the light crystal at the, at the end. And it's just, like, it's just horrible. Like, it's, it's you know, it's just some of these children's movies giving you these really deep emotions, like when you're almost too young to process it. So one of the ones I always talk about is uh, The NeverEnding Story, which is one of my favourite movies. But yep. I don't like to, to watch the scene where Artax drowns uh, because it's just there's something the music is very emotive and I I can't listen to that music at all it's like it's like somebody bottled the feeling of depression you know and it's just how it feels and it it's very traumatic to listen to and it's you know the swamps of sadness sequence is they have just Encapsulated what depression and you know hopelessness feels like, and I think to be exposed to that when you're that young is just really devastating. You know, it's not just the horse died. You know that that the horse could have been you know shot with an arrow or something, and it, it's the way the horse dies, and it's it's just. That, you know, when you're thinking, oh, you can get him out, you know, pull him out, and the horse just doesn't want to. And it's just, as an adult, it's too relatable with the feeling of depression, and it's just horrible. Mm. I don't think Chris knows what I mean.
2: No. No. um, Maybe when I was finishing up my thesis.
1: (laughs) Good for you. So that scene, like, looking back and watching that movie as an adult, that scene definitely hits way different than when I was a child because I never felt that like, I didn't actually process what was actually happening to him until I was an adult. Um, And I don't know why, I don't know why I didn't connect the two, but the scene definitely like it didn't set off that, that fear or terror for me. I was just like, Oh, he's losing his horse. That's really sad, but not the reason why.
0: Yeah, because I think as a kid, you maybe even kind of sympathize more with Atreyu. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, and he's like, stupid horse, why? And you're like, yeah, stupid horse, why aren't you getting out? Mm. You know, and you don't understand. But as an adult, you do understand why.
1: Yeah. Hm. So, I mean, yeah, okay, like. It's okay it's at it's the a- end
0: because he he's alive at the end. You see him, yeah, at the end, but it, it doesn't change how bad it felt.
1: Yeah, that definitely, definitely does not change the the feeling. Looking back at like as an adult, that that scene definitely hits a little differently. Um, I'm trying. The uh, what is it? Um, uh, Watershed Deep is another one.
0: Watership Down.
1: Or Watership Down. There we go. The That's something. At Watership rabbits, Down. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that's another one that like when I was a child, I didn't process exactly what was happening. And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, How am I not scarred for life from this?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of British kids were scarred for life, you know.
2: Christmas
1: favorite.
2: Um, no,
0: uh, I don't no, they used to put it on at Easter because <laughs> the rabbits, because rabbit. right?
1: <laughs> oh. Did they not actually watch the content? Like oh. <laughs>
0: probably not. So what was interesting is that a couple of years ago They did a remake on the BBC of Watership Down Which wasn't very good to be honest It kind of you know, took away from some things uh, But um, They put that on over Easter And the BBC got absolutely ripped apart For it because parents were like I, I think the parents well, didn't, a know,
2: CGI rabbit film. Didn't,
0: didn't know of the <laughs> first one Which is unheard of In this country, everyone knows what Watership Down is Everyone's been traumatised by it So it was really weird that people go Oh I thought it was a nice rabbit film and I sat my kid down to watch it, and then all these rabbits <laughs> and just started killing and the murdering
2: "Yeah,
1: surprise."
2: Um, I think did you guys anything? ever? Oh, watch... oh, sorry, go on.
1: Oh, so did you guys ever watch David the Gnome?
2: What? No, I...
1: no, I don't know what that is. This is new no. information. Okay, so this is so. Um, David the Gnome is actually a TV series, and it must be an American one. I haven't really researched it too much, but um, basically, it's a gnome and his wife. And he's like a, a veterinarian for animal. And in the actual series, they state that gnomes will only live to be four hundred years old and that's it. And David and his wife both know they only have like a year left to live. So they go through this entire series, they build up everything, and at the end, on the last um, at the very end of the series, him and his wife go to sleep in bed and don't wake up. Oh my goodness. Because he, they've That's... reached the end. <laughs> they've reached the end of their 400-year-old life. So, and I grew up. I grew up watching that one, and I remember yeah. it very clearly. Like,
2: <laughs> That's...
0: I bet they thought that was really nice. Like they do all this stuff, and then they go to sleep, and then they don't wake up. Whereas a kid watches it and goes, "I'm going to sleep later. What if I don't wake up?"
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, is that it? For I kids do stuff?
0: have a few more. Um, Um, mostly to do with stop motion first of
2: all (laughs) the most terrifying form of motion
0: um like bizarrely uh when i watched nightmare before christmas in the cinema i loved it wasn't terrifying at all you know i wanted the soundtrack you really couldn't get stuff like that then so i was looking for the cassette for ages um but i think um i think Howard may have mentioned this before, which Yes, is Totty, Story of a Doll's House. So one of my favourite authors, uh, childhood authors, is Ruma Godden. Uh, she usually wrote children's books about dolls. She also wrote Black Narcissus, okay? <clears throat> Totty is about a small doll and her adopted doll family who dream of having a lovely house to live in instead of a shoebox. Uh, which sounds very heartwarming, but it also involves a narcissistic doll called March Pain and some fairly tragic things happening. So you'll have to look this up. But um, they made a TV series of it with stop-motion dolls, and it's just, like, very unsettling. Yeah, so that's one of them. Um, the other one, which really upsets me when I think about it, and I'll get back to you in a second because my computer's frozen, um, is The Sandman. Yeah. So that is about sort of demonic bird that comes into a child's house at night and steals his eyeballs to feed to its baby birds in the nest and i saw it at a museum and i've forgotten who directed it now because my computer's frozen as i said uh chris is just helping me out for a second so we'll probably take this bit out later Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that, not helpful. Uh, Directed by Paul Barry. (laughs) Yes, it's Paul Barry. Thank you very much, Crystal. Um, Yeah, so I saw it at a museum and um, we were there on a school trip. So we were quite young at the time. Uh, This was in the early nineties and they had it on a CRT like television mm. um, in the middle of this other like you know thing for exhibition stuff and like we just all sort of stood watching it and afterwards it was kind of like huh like because it's literally this this really scary but you can watch it on YouTube but I strongly recommend that you don't because you probably won't sleep Um, it's really horrible isn't it I,
2: I it's horrible I, I <laughs> loved it <laughs> It's it, if I was a kid who watched bad, it I would hate yeah. it I now feel really bad, like, because so I was playing, before I went to sleep last night, a game called Little Nightmares, and now think about it, it has the same energy. <laughs> oh,
0: so that's why I had weird dreams last night. Oh, it's such, a, it's such a good game. It's so, it's, it's actually music.
2: really beautiful, and it's so right. Um, but that's another discussion for another day once i I think the main point is that there's a running theme in these things. It's like, I think back when you watch things and you would talk about having seen it and it was hard to like, you You didn't have the evidence because obviously VHS was relatively new. You didn't have the internet. That's what makes things seem...
0: Yeah, because you couldn't kind of like debunk more these mythic. things. Yeah, like I was going to say that I was concerned about Gremlins for a while. So I was yeah. about nine or ten and I'd seen part of the Gremlins movie at... A play scheme one summer actually Because the older children put it on we had a video room um, They didn't supervise the older children with videos in, in the rec room So um, I hadn't seen the entire first movie uh, When I moved house with my mother We were sharing a room for a while And we had a small TV opposite the bed uh, On the night we tried to watch Gremlins on TV The signal kept screwing up um, So old CRT TV again with an aerial in the late 90s and at the end of the movie, so you get the warning voiceover from the dad that if your your TV goes on the fritz, you might have a gremlin in the house. So we turned the lights out to go to sleep, and I just thought, oh shit, <laughs> it's a fucking gremlin. Um, I think uh it's just
2: ridiculous because gremlins is ridiculous, gremlins yeah. turned up in a in a in a more recent in the last ten years. They turn up as part of an advertising campaign by British Telecom.
0: It was BT, yeah. It was
2: BT. And it was basically about like. They were tech support. They were the tech support. They were like,
0: (laughs) hello.
2: Oh, no, that was mental. (laughs) I really found that funny. Um, Gremlins are ridiculous now. And our nephews are obsessed now, apparently, with gremlins only because my sister has told him about Mogwise and gremlins. He's not seen anything. The
0: problem is, she didn't tell him about Mogwise. That was the mistake that she made. So they were walking past a shop. In York City Centre And they had a, you know, a gizmo toy And he was obviously interested in this like fluffy cute thing Also because he's been watching The Mandalorian And, you know, he's, he likes Grogu So it's kind of a similar look, isn't it? So he said, who's that? What's that? Um So he's only four and um, she said that's a gremlin. So she told us about this, and we were like, "But that's not a gremlin, Zoe. That's that's a mugwai." And but then she 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 tried to explain, "Oh yes, well he turns into a gremlin if you uh if you throw water on him." And he's obviously, as a four year old, he's very intrigued by this little creature. And now she's shown him like the trailer on YouTube, where they like gets put in the blender or something. Oh it's like no! And chopped up in the blender, it's great. <laughs> oh,
2: my sister's the worst. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, clearly she understands what he's he, he's he's more than capable of processing the Mandalorian, and there's some scary things in that show. Yeah. And he's perfectly happy with Greek myths and legends. So I guess gremlins are like you know. If you have a gremlin infestation, you'd only all you need is my nephew to make some. uh it, Yeah, I'm sure he can bodge together some like you know rudimentary equipment to uh, to to root out your gremlin infestation. Well, he's,
0: he's already been on. you watch like <laughs> Ghostbusters. He knows Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he also well, said the most. Terrif- he's also said like the,
2: that. What's the most terrifying? Equally, the most. The most folk horror yet terrifying thing he has ever said is because it was to do with the what's the time, Mr. Wolf.
0: Oh, yeah. He plays. No, he plays either like three little pigs oh, yeah. where you have to be the wolf or he has to be the wolf and you have to hide in the house and he blows it down and runs after you. Yeah. Um. Or what's the time, Mr. Wolf, where you kind of you take footsteps and you count down and he comes to get you um and has obviously talked about red riding hood with his dad so it's you know like the the big bad wolf yeah so there was this period where it was like this phase of talking about the big bad wolf and things and they were walking in a park like near the forest and um like you know i, I don't know what it is that they saw or something but you know some I was, of, yeah yeah and and he said it was the big bad wolf i should have killed him last night <laughs> like
2: what the <laughs> heck is this kid on <laughs> Like he he is not telling us about the fae creatures he's seen.
1: Yeah, that, last night. that is hilarious. I kids are kids are amazing when it comes to the things that they say. And um, I've had a couple as a teacher where I'm like, wait, what did you say?
0: <laughs> I bet.
1: You that? Like, do I need to get some salt or like some sort of sage or something? <laughs>
2: Um, so. So, so what are we ending with?
0: Uh, well, I was going to say about Nightmare, because you're a big fan of Oh, Nightmare, Nightmare's so. a classic.
2: classic. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of this, Crystal. So, and this is, like, is... It's a this,
0: children's it, game show.
2: Yeah, and it's so ripe for being rebooted, really. They have done one for, like, an anniversary edition. I think they've done it... They may have done it at UK Games, I suppose, as well. But basically... Trager is the is the um, is like effectively the dungeon master, and you get some school kids in a team that come on the show. There's four of them. Three are the ones that stay in the main command center, we'll say in the tower, who are looking through a mystic ball, aka television screen. And they're doing all the puzzly stuff and have to do the spell casting and and so forth. And then their friend has to put on a helmet, which they can't see jack shit except for their feet, basically, because they're off walking in an environment which is clearly one big giant green screen. And so everything you see has the green screen like filled in with like tunnels and dungeons and environments and um and like so they can't so the person in that environment can't see what they're doing or where they should move so their friends who can see who are in front of the tv screen are telling where to go but also there are characters they interact with in these environments played by actors
0: just weird actors in costumes and weird
2: ass actors really
0: primitive digital effects on this dungeon crawl and and i saw repeats of it on tv and it's like nostalgic but also really foreboding.
2: Like the, the the intro cartoon sequence is really quite something quite synth-wavy horror about the is artwork. It like
0: Prince Valiant kind yeah. of thing.
2: Yeah. It's a classic. And then also obviously the person dies and they like take a step forward when they shouldn't and then they animate them dropping to their death some way. Yeah, like, so, yeah, if you fail
0: the task and you die, you're not seen again at all. Or a buzzsaw cuts you (laughs) in half or something. So I, I think that little kids would watch it and go, wow, he's dead, harsh. Like he's dead.
2: Yeah. Then you see him a moment later, and they walk off, waving, and as they go into the sunset, having yeah. And failed. you're like,
0: hang on, I thought he was dead. So when you see them going to the sunset, you're like, is he in heaven?
2: So yeah, if if you if you haven't ever seen this because this is a very British thing, then look it up because it's like fantastic. Um, we'll have
0: to look that up.
2: So the last one that's ingrained in everyone's brains is
0: uh... animals of Farthing Wood so it's quite notorious at least amongst British children so I remember watching it on afternoons after primary school all my friends watched it um on the face of it it's a nice story about woodland animals (laughs) um their home is under threat and they have to reach the safety of white deer park but it's actually really cutthroat the writers don't pretend that the animals are all friends There's a lot of conflict between different species rivalry and like predation. So it does a good job of teaching about nature. There's like, you know, death or more than one death every episode, often quite a horrific one. The one that everyone does talk about is the baby mice. So they're carried through the air by a shrike, dropped onto thorns and impaled. And you see all this. So while the parent mice are actually watching. So um, I started making a list and then I found someone had already done a list the list of the, is of bad. the death count. So that's actually how I'm going to basically finish the podcast. So read the death count from An <laughs> oh Farthing Wood. So um, let me just scroll oh down God. to find this. I
2: can't believe someone made this into a blog. Post.
0: They did they did it in a series of tweets <laughs> in a tweet fleet thread thing. Oh, f- so um this was a guy called Ben at uh, Bilbo983 on Twitter. <laughs> And he said, I've rewatched The Animals of Farthing Wood. Here's the horrific casualty list in full brace yourself. So one of 13. <laughs> um, so the Newt family are burned to death. What? Mrs. Oh Pheasant is shot, cooked and presumably eaten. <laughs> Mr. Pheasant is shot dead whilst recording in horror at the sight of his roasted wife's carcass. Oh. Baby rabbit is nearly strangled in a snare. The rabbit family almost drown in a river. The rabbits almost drown Fox, who is swept down river. Mole is almost eaten by a pike. Three baby mice are murdered by a shrike bird who impels them on spikes as their parents are forced to watch. Um, it gets better. Fox and Vixen are almost hounded to death by a pack of ravenous dogs. Toad is almost eaten alive by a carp. Baby Rabbit is shot dead by poachers in front of his parents and sister. Mr and Mrs Hedgehog are squashed to death on a motorway while paralysed by fear.
2: Wow, I remember that one.
0: Yeah, and these are not implied. You see all this. So Mrs Fieldmouse is murdered and eaten by Kestrel within minutes of both of them arriving at White Deer Park. You're just like, Kestrel, why? Um, Cat is savaged by Kestrel When she thinks he is attacking Mole Mrs. Vole is eaten by Scarface Fox Kestrel is mauled by Cat in revenge It continues Cat is attacked by Badger To protect Kestrel Mr. Vole dies of hypothermia (laughs) Two deers and a blue fox Are shot dead by poachers Mole dies of old age Slash hypothermia Dreamer the fox cub is murdered by Scarface Mrs Hare is murdered and eaten by Scarface. Shadow the Badger's paw is mangled in a trap. Bald the Fox's eye is mangled by barbed wire. Bald is shot by a farmer. Fox instructs Adder to murder Scarface. She murders Scarface's son by mistake. Scarface bites Adder's tail off in revenge. Adder dies of old age. Fox and Scarface tear strips off each other. Mrs Rabbit is murdered and eaten by Scarface. Scarface is murdered by Adder. Bald dies of his injuries. The great white stag dies after drinking water, contaminated by toxic waste. Jesus Christ! A rabbit also dies from the toxic waste. Trey the stag tries to drown Shadow, who then almost dies from the toxic waste. An angry elderly donkey attempts to kill Weasel, Measley, Cleo and Fido. Still going by the way Wildcats try to kill and eat The entire weasel family The foxes, badgers and adders start launching Killing raids on the rats headquarters Killing at least six each Fido and Cleo almost drown A wildcat tries to eat measly Rollo saves him by trying to drown the The wildcat but almost drowns himself In the process Owl is encased in cement What on earth? Sinuous the adder is murdered by the rats the rats try to murder Toad. 12 squirrels
2: <laughs> die no, in
0: a hurricane. God. Shadow is crushed and seriously injured by a falling tree in the hurricane. 14 frogs killed in the hurricane. Trey is seriously injured by a falling tree. Hundreds of rats are killed in a final battle with the other animals. Conclusion. This is one of the greatest children shows ever made, but it's no wonder many of my generation are screwed <laughs> up. Holy fuck. Oh
2: I've only watched like half that series. Yeah. Wow,
1: it's like a battle royale. Yep,
2: that pulls no punches. That kids show. Wow, that's
0: so. I, I thought don't... I thought it was good to list those for the end of this podcast for the people <laughs> who remember or think they remember, but realise there's quite a lot that they didn't remember Encast about animals. In cement
2: father. is yep. up that's there as the, the, the most insane. Oh
1: gosh. the owl encased in cement. Oh my gosh, really
0: horrific.
2: Well. <laughs> So Disney, if you're looking for a show to remake <laughs> with your wonderful CGI, how about looking at Animals of Farthing Wood? I dare you. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, it's quite <laughs> ahead of its time with environmental issues. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dangerous, you know. I think that's why they made it so graphic. You know, is to see, you know, what's happening to these animals.
2: Wow! Right.
0: <laughs> On that happy note.
2: Um. Yeah. Right. Um. If you enjoy this podcast if you enjoy uh dread cassette we'll be back with more dread cassette where we uh pick out another theme and look at other media and movies and tv and books and discuss uh some theme in horror and terror and uh that kind of thing um obviously if you uh have any questions uh, email dark days radio at gmail.com You can find us on Instagram And Twitter at dark days Radio. You can find us on Facebook dark days radio. You can also join us on our Discord And talk about these things And how they're likely going to inspire Most probably your RPG sessions at some point um, Because now you've got inspiration Of how to TPK your party um, If you are interested in 40k stuff And Warhammer stuff You can listen to our Darkhammer episodes Uh Yeah
0: I was going to say that I recently made a Twitter for the Dread cassette Ah. uh, which is at Dread cassette and there you can put any suggestions for me on future shows or things to discuss or anything from this show that you think I missed we could always do a sequel of childhood Fears because there's a lot of stuff that's going on here.
2: I think we got through the worst of it with that last, (laughs) Jesus Christ
1: (laughs) Challenge accepted Oh
2: man Uh, I think the only way the only way actually, I I missed a the only way to have ended that entire like kill count was to have done a Traeger ooh nasty um, from Nightmare <laughs> that would have been perfect um, yeah so I think that's the end of the episode isn't it so we'll say goodbye and we'll be back with more Dark Days Radio Dread cassette and other episodes from the Dark Days Radio Podcast House Studio whatever so goodbye
0: Goodbye. Bye. Bye.